in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen in a war that isn't his every day in new york city on the miami police force in the deep south to the video store we are open for business i got my bandana on and it's all movies in no movies out on late fees i am justin your host here with pat with oh pat. I, I, I was waiting i was waiting for the full we have the full roster i thought no, we were gonna do like a fucking explosive no, I, full roster i gotta switch it up i gotta switch it up uh here with eric hello hello and I'm here with Camuel Jackson himself. <laughs> the last time that you all will hear me with the fade. Wow. Are, are you you're growing your hair out? I'm going to grow my hair out. I love it. Yes. You, you texted me uh, yesterday, last night, and said, how long did it take you? And I said, a very long time. It took you a long time. Let me show you a picture of Justin. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen him with without hair. Yeah. It, you, pre- I, you, you never seen Pictures. Pictures, like, yeah. You, you never, like, known me when yeah. I didn't have hair. Cam is going to go all the way. You show me a picture of yourself with, it, like, a fro. Like, yeah. one of the popular Atlanta fro's <laughs> from two years ago. And I said, holy shit. You could probably really pull this off. Uh, as always, we are here with, with you guys to uh, talk about... Uh, a very another a strange, long, a long-haired icon. A long-haired icon, but a strange turn. I don't know how many podcasts have done this franchise in particular, but for a franchise watch, I really enjoy talking about Rambo. That's our that's our uh, movie <laughs> franchise we're talking about today. It's like a good franchise. <laughs> yeah, it actually is not that bad. I the new movie notwithstanding, which should be releasing uh, as you guys hear this on Friday. Uh, starring Sylvester Stallone, he's in every single one of these movies, regardless of how old he is and how realistic <laughs> and how realistic he is. He can kill people, uh, and it really kind of popped off during a time where post Vietnam War, starting beginning of the Cold War, and it kind of like took all of these things and congealed them into one franchise, all of the Red Scare in one franchise. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna get to that in just a second. Uh, before we start, uh, let's talk about like movie movie news, movie stuff. Uh, Disney Plus, big thing happening here it's about to launch uh every single disney thing you can imagine is this something that you guys are going to be adding to your rotation no (laughs) Uh, next there are things i would watch on there if they were free and i had 40 years but like i know that like some of it oh i'll watch that but like i won't like i have all the stuff i have like on blu-ray that i still have to watch that i paid way too much money for yeah no i mean and it's not like as much as i don't want to give disney more money and time we're technically giving them money regardless of how we know yeah. that. If you so, told them we're giving them yeah, money. Yeah, so I don't – like that, like I'm over like tr- figuring out ways to not give them money because it's impossible <laughs> not to. But I just am not – like I don't care about this shit. Right. Yeah, if they uh, – like hostile monopolistic takeover of culture aside, <laughs> if – Disney adds TJX6 videos to it. <laughs> I will subscribe and pay for that. That that young kid deserves 
compensation for his labor, and also I don't want him for to scam. <laughs> I don't want him to scam me. So we introduced Eric to TJX6. If you guys don't know, uh, he's, a, he's a new rapper from Detroit who is all about the scamming. He's a scam rapper. Uh, maybe we can like tie the scamming and the ramble somehow. I have no sh- no clue. Maybe maybe Rambo kind of scammed everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe Stallone squeezing out one more entry from this this year. It would be another scam. Uh, another thing we gotta talk about. We talked about it at length the last episode. We gotta talk about it again. I think we'll we may be talking about this up until the moment that the movie comes out. Uh, Joker hit the Rotten Tomatoes sphere. Started off at 89%, 90% bordering. Now it's sitting, I think, at like a 78%. It's just been bombed to hell. The reviews have come out. People are on one side. People are on another side about this movie. Has it gotten worse in the two weeks since we've, we've broadcast this show? I would say somehow it's actually gotten way better. I yeah. think now that the dust has settled, the majority of people have acknowledged the fact that the initial hubbub around the movie was a complete creation of itself, basically. Yeah. Just, like, just ex- it exists. Yeah. Like, even the... I mean, I think there is still, ultimately, some... A little bit of discussion to be had about what the movie does or doesn't choose to endorse. I haven't seen the movie. And the fact that fucking people do just like this guy when they're, like, the worst people. This mm. guy being the Joker. I don't know why I said this guy. Uh, <laughs> as, as if he's real. Yeah. And some people behave like he is, uh, which is troubling, but not a reason that a movie shouldn't come out. Uh, so I'm glad that the... Well, I think that if you're if tepid on the movie for X reasons, I think that's fine. But now that the the fury over it's, like, going to radicalize people, I think right. it's actually died down in a surprising degree. Yeah, I, I even saw people who initially, you know, bought into the initial pearl clutching of it all have sort of dialed that back, too. And, like, again, like, no one is... No one thinks that the threat of incels, which is very material and very real, should be taken lightly. Those people are terrifying and a cultural scourge, but we can't project that sort of, you know, bumper sticker morality or like like cultural neck brace and conservatism onto the art that we just spent the last three months defending, saying that movies do not encourage people to be violent yeah what, what have you been saying on the internet about this cam i know that you see you follow us like you you see some very radical things <laughs> right? i might have the it's an ongoing joke that i have the worst timeline so i've definitely seen i've seen a lot of pushback against the movie but i've also seen people like pushing back against the pushback yeah um brave brave joker game yeah, exactly <laughs> so um i was already excited to see the movie before i even saw a review just because i'm a big batman fan and even though batman's not in it like joker is is in my opinion probably the best superhero villain ever in my opinion personally so but now he's bad and terrible and we're not yeah. like him so my, my thing is like what did people expect like if you read a batman comic and you know what the joker is and here like, I, like, I, he's a he's basically a terrorist a, yeah. a sadistic murderer i like, think here is people's problem it's basically people want wicked which uh wicked if you don't know how it ends it's revealed that like she's even though she like the, the Wicked Witch, who's the one who gets crushed by the house in The Wizard of Oz, she is, like, not... Or, no, it's not. It's her... The one who's green in yeah, The Wizard of Oz. The Wicked Witch yeah, of the yeah, yeah, yeah. She is, like, her origin story, and it, it, of course, ends with, like, she's not actually so bad. Like, she just, you know, got a bad rap. I don't it's think like, we're getting that. Yes, no, I don't either. I just mean, like, that's what people want. Like, people want, like, oh, the Joker just, like... 
he did just say have like have like a hard time and like he's kind of an anti-hero but like yeah. you can make a movie about a shitty person without it endorsing the person i don't yeah, know 100%. like we i get why people think that because of like the fever pitch of where we are culturally right now but that doesn't mean that again we're rehashing this a little bit but like it doesn't mean that liking a movie is like, an endorsement I, of the like, world view. I, like, I think, uh, I'll go on record saying, I think Sicario 2 is a supremely <laughs> entertaining movie. It, it It's so much more irresponsible than Joker in the way people are talking about. Like, it literally 100%. has uh, Muslims using caravans coming from Mexico to do acts of terror in the U.S. Like, it has Fox News-level schemes in the movie as plots. If right. you want to talk about things that will trigger people's yeah. worldviews, that is it. I don't think that the movie is good because it does that. I think it's a stupid fucking action movie with Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin. I do not endorse its worldview, but I liked the movie. Yeah. Right. I but mean, what... How is that a... I, that is now the ceiling yeah. for the conversation when it should be the floor. And so, we should not... You know what? I'll just put a moratorium on it. Until the 4th, I say we all see the movie. Can't wait to see it in 70mm at the Dome. Yeah, it's going to be see great. I think people do... They have been asking if we're going to review it in some way. And I was like, we're not a review show, but I think we could pull a... We could probably pull it a bonus. I mean, we talked about it enough at this point. Yeah, right. it has, like like you said, self-generated a a discourse that it's the most important movie of the fall but like 100%. go go figure that you see this sort of walk back and this about face that's going on once people actually saw it yeah, yeah. Most, of the people, most of the people driving the conversation like i saw you know critic pals who I, who i whose opinions i respect go see it at tiff and even if they weren't weren't really thrilled about the movie period like they're like they had problems with it they're like this this was the, the reaction was like this was the movie that shocked the nation yeah. like, really guys and like you know, I, I can't take claim to this to this um, tweet, but I saw somebody tweet: any movie with a troop or a cop as a protagonist has is more likely to radicalize a young white person than the fucking Joker. This is true. Yeah, like anyone that lionizes our you know a barbaric military or like uh, you know racist cops, and like, like two thousand eight Rambo. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, you know, all this propaganda that we watch, all this pro military bullshit. Um, uh, it's far more damaging to the psyche of young white men who want to literally join to be radicalized. Sorry, my, my dog is barking right now. It's adding uh, it's a, it's adding good color commentary. Even the dog is sick of this conversation, <laughs> uh, this Joker conversation. Um, but I'm excited to see it, man. Again, Joaquin Phoenix is the greatest actor of a generation, and I trust his opinion. And like I trust Zazie Beetz, and I trust. Uh, Robert De Niro and Mark Maron and Todd yeah, Phillips. They, like, they knew something we didn't know. Yeah, like that's that's Todd Phillips, DP. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> like they're not gonna intentionally make uh, you know agitprop that would inspire the wrong people when their entire career has been mostly against that. Yeah. People love the fact that Biden talks about wanting to fight Trump. De Niro actually wants to fucking fight Trump. He so he did not ass. make an incel movie. He right. probably whip his ass. Okay, so from one clown to another. Uh, <laughs> we're going right to what we've been watching this week. Uh, I think me, Pat, Cam saw it chapter two. Have so we haven't talked about this on no, here. No, we haven't oh, talked no. about this on here yet. Yeah, I sent you guys. Uh, you guys were the canaries in the coal mine. I sent you to see it first. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Me and yes, Pat caught bad. this at a matinee. ArcLight, shout out to ArcLight, former sponsor. Yeah, of the Cul- show. Culver City. Culver Arclight. City. Shout Rare. out to Culver City. Where'd you see it at, Cam? 
Delamo. Delamo. Yeah. So we we all saw the movie. Uh, I'm pretty negative on it. I think Pat's extremely negative on it. Cam was pretty negative on it. There are some really positive aspects of it, but overall, almost unwatchable in in many uh, ways. It is two hours and 45 minutes of self-aggrandizing bullshit that I can't believe. And I really thought Andy Machete is like, he's a really good visual director. Like, he can tell a visual story like no other. It doesn't congeal when you're trying to tell a story as rich as the It, you know, series is. It's, it's just, you just can't do it. It's unending. Uh, it's there's so much CGI. Yeah. Like it, 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 he's a good visual director, but it looks worse than the first one because you're just being pelted with this endless CGI shit. And vomit. It's, it's a lot yeah. of vomit. And <laughs> one really weird sound sound cue needle drop yeah, Wait, yeah. It, it's just like a weird movie um not to just belabor everyone's opinions on it uh really long yeah uh, acting's okay i actually thought the big name people that were top builds here were actually worse yeah, than chestane like, mcavoy they're kind of phoning it yeah, haters boy was disappointing yeah he, he was very disappointing you know what is he is he good sometimes <laughs> when he cares which is James really, good <laughs> He's I, I don't know how he's so good in Split and then so bad in this. But the but thing Professor is, Professor Charles Xavier. We're only talking about these two movies. Yeah, like, these are only yeah. two movies talk about. He's good. I watched Wanted the other week and I thought Wanted was absolutely terrible. Yeah, I always talk about how boring I think Atonement is. So it's I don't I don't love McAvoy. Listen to listen to that pup. I just got a new dog. He's playing with his toys in the other room. He's co-signing having hey, the time yeah. of his life. He is literally Roman's co-signing how bad McAvoy can uh, be. So shout out to Roman. He's he is the uh, the pet store or the, the he's a, he's next door at the pet store next to the video store. Uh, <laughs> what else, what else did you guys watch? I watched the I think it too was the uh, the biggest thing I watched other than the Rambo movies this week. Um, as far as movies i don't think i've watched any other movies but i did run through this whole season of top boy that just came out i spent wow. my whole what is that are you Friday talking night? are you talking like a, like a hey let, let me like tell you man now i don't know what I, I don't know what i i don't know exactly what top boy is but you tell me if this it's is like the london the wire wait it's like the i thought it was a dating show no no no, no, no. i seriously <laughs> thought it was like a drake produced love Island. i really wish you would have just Incredible. watched it now and like not and you would have gotten something completely can you pick up on this show it's season three you can pick you can pick you can literally watch this without having to watch the first two seasons my favorite okay. kind of art and yeah. so um <laughs> yeah minimal like, investment i watched that i spent basically my whole saturday and friday night i watched rambo first blood too then i cut on top boy like the first four episodes then i watched all of them is it an hour each episode is like an hour the top last boy. episode like top, an hour, top boy is like so fucking english minutes. but it, it's it's a really good show i thought it was really good i enjoyed it i was surprised like I didn't expect to, to watch. I cut the subtitles on. You know, <laughs> you can't understand like, that. Like, Caitlin puts the subtitles on when she watches Love Island. So because you hilarious. can't understand all these cockney motherfuckers. But it's literally like a British version of The Wire. I'm going to check this show out. It's, it's entertaining. very entertaining. Like I'll check it out. I think it's worth the watch. I'll check it out. Uh, what about you, Pat? Uh, I actually saw it. Other than I've, I've never seen any of the Rambo movies, and now I've watched all of them. <laughs> watched it, and I saw... On Friday, I saw Hustlers, and last night I saw this movie, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Been seeing some mixed reviews on that. I don't know. I mean, I get, like, there should be more movies by women and for... I mean, for by women for women is a dumb label to put on them. But it is obviously a movie that has... that its, its target audience is women of a certain age and demographic. And the cast is really good. Some of the filmmaking aspects are okay, but it, I don't really outside of the performances I don't really understand why it's getting all the praise the script is not good the editing isn't good 
it's just missing like it's Constance Wu learning from J Lo like kind of at first the ropes of stripping and then they start scamming people like TJ. (laughs) (laughs) But you never really see Constance Wu like learning the ropes and you never really see the process of them setting up this scamming operation. It's just a bunch of like oh, we're going to do this next scene. We've done this and are celebrating it yeah. like over and over for two hours. Um, I don't know, Eric, did, did you, I, you've I, seen it also. Do you agree with I, that kind of? I completely agree. I saw it last night, and I don't think it was a total waste of time. I, uh, I think it was worth the – it was fun. I had a fun time watching it. I um, – I had problems with the pacing where it's it's strange. Yeah, it's strange where it's like it has this weird dilemma where thirty to forty minutes could have been cut out, but also I needed more. As Pat was saying, like it sort of just be like there's really no um, introduction to the chemistry between Constance Wu and J Lo's character. It's like they just like have one conversation on the roof, and all of a sudden they're best friends scamming. And it's yeah. like I don't know. It kind of it felt like a lot was gutted out like maybe it was like left on the editing 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 room floor or it was just thinly written um might have been a combination of the two but i think um the director lorene scafaria if i'm pronouncing that last name correctly she is like an indelible image maker like there's a moment where like usher comes in the club and (laughs) and that made me laugh really hard and it's almost like a music video for usher and like there's some arresting images and like I think the latter half actually works better for me when it's like kind of all gets really dark and, and the, the, the operation sort of the scamming operation starts to crumble. But yeah, there's a it's like a mishmash of tone. I saw people saying J-Lo might be an Oscar contention huh? supporting an uh, actor. She's really good in the movie, but there's not enough in the movie for her to win an Oscar. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there was any, enough there. I thought Kiki Palmer really stole the show uh, ahead she, of J-Lo. She's, she's great. And so is Julia Stiles. But, um, she's not in the movie that much. But like, that's why I like her so much because... So is this supposed, is this supposed to be like a comedy? or well, it's, it's like a dark comedy, it's I would dark say. Comedy. Yeah. I heard that. What fucked me up was I read that the women who this is based off of got like nothing for their story, which that kind of is a scam in itself. And that sort of, you know, negates the whole point of this movie, uh, which has, like, pretty salient class commentary. And, like, it talks about the Wall Street crash and why they're scamming these Wall Street bankers to get basically revenge. But it's uh, a little, like, even though we're saying it's kind of underwritten, there's a little also too much going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm saying like, it's like both both things are true yeah. and, like, bogs it down. Uh, my review of this movie is go see it. It's a fun date night movie. It's fun. The good music. And, yeah, the performances are fine and funny. But uh, I would just say go see Widows as well. That's kind of yeah. a similar movie with that yeah. is way better is great. and deserved way more eyeballs. This movie has already made a ton of money. I wish Widows made the same. And then that Tiger's Not Afraid is like a Mexican movie about uh, like kids who are left behind in neighborhoods that have been Sorry. it's okay. Uh, neighborhoods that have been devastated by the, uh, like the drug war and stuff. Wow. And it's pretty good for the kids. Like the kid actors are amazing, which is rare. Usually kid actors are the worst fucking actors on the planet. <laughs> but the story's really flat, and the way it like turns into a fairy tale doesn't have any rules or really work for the movie. Uh, it is, I mean, in both critically and people I know who saw it with me, we talked about it in comparison to Pan's Labyrinth a lot, which, like, not that they're on the same level at all, and if just watch Pan's Labyrinth instead of going to see this movie. Okay, uh, so we're going to get right into it with First Blood. Now, these movies, when I was a kid, did any of these movies, like, people called them Rambo? Every, yeah, there's Rambo. There's Rambo. Yeah. These movies are technically titled First Blood. Yeah. 
one first blood two first blood three but they started adding like the rambo subtitle or before title yeah it's I, like the second one's rambo first blood two yeah then it's rambo three or it's rambo first blood three it's kind of like uh who else does this is it the well, fa- day fast after, kind day after of tomorrow it? and the edge of uh edge of, well, live die repeat live die repeat yeah they have like <laughs> three different names yeah that's why uh, don't get me started the movie should have been a bit <laughs> Keep going. They're, they're making a sequel, though. Yeah, right? and the, it, well, you know, it, everywhere but the U.S., the movie was titled "Live, Die, Repeat." Yeah, it was but, based off an of anime. Yeah, and the sequel, including in the U.S., is yeah. going to be called "Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat." Okay. <laughs> whenever, it, whenever it fucking comes out, incredible. Uh, Nineteen eighty-two, First Blood, directed by Ted Kochiff, co-written by Sylvester Stallone, adapted from a book by David Morrell. Uh, it's a very interesting movie. I think if you look at every all four movies in this franchise, like tonally, this is just completely different than anything there. It, yeah. I, for having never seen them and not really ever looked into them beyond like it's Sylvester Stallone, gave you the wrong idea, people, right? Shockingly <laughs> different from what I expected yeah. it to be. Like, I mean, you know, he's a uh, a Vietnam vet who's just like you know a Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes to locate some of his old friends. They've all died. One of them has died of Agent uh, cancer from Agent Orange. That's the crazy and part to me was that the movie hits you in the first five minutes with a gut punch, where it's like, yeah. oh well, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and in that moment, I think I was like, oh, Sylvester Stallone is already like fucking acting his ass off in this movie. Like this is crazy, and. It goes from there. He kind of gets. He's getting hassled by the local cops, which even then I was like, "Oh, okay." The cops and the veterans aren't like holding hands yeah. and like jumping down the lane. This is weird, and it's great. All the performances are, are pretty good, and it's like ninety five minutes. Very. And it's shorter than all the rest of them. I think the, the, the two thousand eight one is ninety one minutes. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty short but um i mean the movie kind of picks up it takes place in the northwest pacific northwest uh, around portland oregon where he's walking around they uh the police in portland think that he is essentially uh well it's not it was not in portland he was around portland when he's walking he ends up in washington that's where this takes place at the cops pull him over there and say what are you doing like they give him a lot of like a lot of shit uh, i believe the cop was um who's the cop here brian Den- brian denny brian denny, brian denny. Brian he's denny. great he is I fucking hate him. I hate him, but I hate his bald and mustachioed lieutenant a thousand times more. (laughs) He's giving him a lot of hard, like a a lot of trouble for just walking around the town. He's like, "What are you? Why are you dressed like this?" He's like, "You know, I just look at you know." Robert Rambo's like, "I just want a place to eat," and they book him because he. Well, well, they They book him for vagrancy. They they book him for vagrancy, but they try. He tries to drive him out of town, and Rambo's like, "Wait a minute, I didn't do anything wrong." I want to go to the fucking diner. (laughs) Then they walk back to the town and they book him. There's a really cool scene where he's in the. He's getting booked in Central Booking. And he just goes wild. I think that's yeah, what the movie picks he, up at. He had, I mean, it's even... And it probably was. This is why I was surprised that I didn't know the first movie was like this. Because especially for the time, it had to be a pretty surprising movie. That, like, you think Stallone oh, yeah. is, like, this macho guy who, like, just wants to go make a movie where he shoots a ton of guns. But then you see this first one and, like, it's incredibly sympathetic to, like, the plight of these guys who are told, like go do this fucked up shit and everybody's going to love it. And then they did it and it wasn't what the shit they had to do wasn't what they were told it was going to be. Then they got back and nobody cared that they'd done it. And some people actively hated them for being misled into going there. And not that that was certainly the case for everyone, but it was the case for many people in a way that we're still dealing with. And you don't really expect Stallone to be like, I didn't expect Stallone to be so tapped into that and so sympathetic toward 
just like a guy who wants to come back and live a normal life and just can't do it at all. Yeah, it's a it's a supremely mournful movie. Like you don't expect that. It's a it's a quiet drama. Like this avatar of Rambo that we got used to now, you know, through like the cultural memification of Rambo is like you know, him shredded up and shirt off, mowing Killing down, mow, yeah, mowing down <laughs> people with a machine gun with a bandana on. It's like, and you do get that in the two thousand eight one, yeah, yeah. But here, no. <laughs> but like the, the very first Rambo is like a somber reflection of like the Vietnam hangover. Like this guy comes home completely lost and abandoned by the country. Who, like Pat said, like like you're gonna be considered a hero, kid, when you come home from this illegal war that we lost. Um, and he, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I said in my letterbox. Review, Very different story in the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. But like, you know, this, the violence that we exported abroad basically came home with this one yeah, guy. So he has PTSD yeah. and they try to shave him in jail and he's like, fuck that. And he, he flashbacks everybody's ass. Well, I think it's important to know he gets flashbacks. Yeah. He's like, what? Because they, they give him a shower. Like, this is a really fucked up scene. And he, he, he gets out of the, the precinct. He, he GTAs a dude off a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> like just grabs him off. Fights all the cops in the precinct, like, hand-to-hand and Drives escapes. into uh, the woods where the cops pretty much... And let me, let's just be clear here. This is an anti-cop movie. Oh, aggressively so. <laughs> this is a very anti-cop movie. And it not not the only one that Stallone has done, so Salute to the King, there's a movie he did that is just as melanco- yeah, melancholic and quiet and and in, inward thinking um, is, is Copland, where it's, like, just about... A cor- bunch of corrupt cops who like mm-hmm. frame a black person. Michael Michael Rappaport's character, of course, art imitating life. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but back, but this yeah, this movie came out in nineteen eighty two. Was just a few years after um, the Deer Hunter, which yeah. is like a similarly like psychologically taxing look mm-hmm. at what the effects of like sending these young boys off to war, turning them into killing machines for e- ignoble and illegal reasons, and then bringing them back home and just you know leaving them to their own devices. It's like yeah, it's a, it's sympathetic, it's empathetic, mm-hmm. and a complete di- diametrically opposed to the avatar of what we think of Rambo is. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's great. A lot of this movie is essentially a survival movie. He is in the woods, yeah. and the cops are chasing him. Of course, they set up a whole story where uh, Rambo is instead of an innocent man, he's this rabid war veteran who is trying yeah. to kill people in the town. Right. Like they have to put down. Yeah, and I mean Rambo for all intents and purposes, he handles his own there. He's he's like killing animals to eat. Yeah. It's just I'm like, whoa, all of this shit's in Washington. Like, and I love these parts. Yeah, it's really cool that even when it, there's like the helicopter in the woods or the shootouts and stuff, it's mm-hmm. still a pretty like low key movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you it do, they do. You know, the movie is about how isolated this guy feels, and then he's very physically isolated the he's whole time. Him. Yeah, he's tormented by yeah. through the whole movie. And you know, the the you've got the wrong guy thing just keeps getting worse and worse for him when he accidentally yeah. kills the one cop out of the well, helicopter. I feel like Galt was an accident. Yeah, like, he it was. Like, yeah, they shouldn't have been the, doing that's, that. That's the one thing where, like, if it's like the. The, the helicopter pilot should have said some shit like, oh, no, he's going crazy shooting at the guy and yeah. he fell. Like, <laughs> problem, endo story. That's where the movie turns, where the cop accidentally dies. And, uh, this movie makes cops look like bumbling idiots for yeah. all of 91 minutes. Like, these guys can't do anything right. Uh, and it just leads to more 
you know, essentially more Rambo surviving, more, I, again, cops doing stupid things and failing miserably. They Trying lead, to kill him over and over and failing. He lead him into a mine, or he leads him into a mine where more of them kill themselves. They use a rocket inside of a fucking mine <laughs> yeah. and murder like yeah. <laughs> their squad. And at this point, we should say uh, Rambo's old boss. Oh, Troutman. Yeah, Troutman has, Colonel Troutman has showed up and has warned everybody, like, this, this is what the you want. greatest Vietnam survivalist <laughs> ever. He's he's like, you know, he's been taught to ignore weather, taught to ignore pain, like everything. He's like, you cannot defeat this guy. And they're like, we got like a hundred guys. He's like, you're like, going to need more men. Yeah. Like, I, that's more a body classic bags. line. Yeah. yeah, more body yeah. bags. Like, you're, that's a classic line. And Troutman is a constant throughout this series. Yeah. I think he's one of the most nuanced characters that they he's have. Yeah. He's really interesting yeah. because, and I was talking to Eric about this earlier, I mean, you'll see this throughout the movies. Like, they are very jingoistic movies, but in a lot of ways, the way that they're written and framed, it's like that's the one, that's like the top layer of these movies is that they're American power fantasies, especially part three. Yeah. But under it, I feel like Troutman and Rambo, they're in on the joke. They know this is bullshit. I think in the first one, totally. First one is actually a critique of our, you know, imperialistic powers. And it gets further removed from that the deeper you go into the franchise where <laughs> it becomes these, yeah, these jingoistic, violently fetish fetishized movies um but i i do have some inverted commentary for uh first blood three i think they accidentally get some stuff right yeah (laughs) (laughs) whereas the second one is a complete like oh no reaganistic like fever dream of like american might uh where this one was like no like vietnam was a complete and utter failure failure across the board what we did to those men not just you know the 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 farm the proletariat farmers we killed in Vietnam, but like the the boys we forced to go over there in the draft come home and like they face this even more evil threat of local cops. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's incredible because it's like yeah they faced they faced an enemy that they didn't ask to fight in in Vietnam, but then they come home and there's these like you know fucking bloodlusty white cops who like just have who are obsessed with power. It was all about respecting their authority and like this. This lust for power. You're on our turf now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. Like, they they, they, um, they assigned themselves this power, whereas power was enlisted upon our soldiers, for better or worse, mm-hmm. mostly worse. But, um, yeah, so coming home to fight cops on domestic soil is, like, a pretty sharp uh, way to... This like, movie could not be released today. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No one would want it to be. Yeah. It, it, I mean, like, again, the military industrial complex that exists uniquely in our country is something that would take much longer than even the 40 years from Rambo to now to unpack. Right. But it is crazy that even 40 years ago, it was a weirdly different situation that was complicated in different ways where it wasn't like, Oh, the cops are basically like guys who are either were in the military or wanted to be in the military and sucked. Uh, yeah, and th- like now exist to like be their town's military. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the rousing third act of the movie sees them go back into the town with a fucking M sixty, yeah. <laughs> people down. This is a, this is again another constant in these movies. Uh, but it ends inside of like a hardware store. Yeah. Where uh, Teasel, he finally gets the best of Teasel. He falls to a fucking uh, the the skylight of yeah, the, yeah. the hardware store. Rambo spares him uh, and to a point where uh, where Troutman comes in and says, you know, it's over. You know, you can't fight anymore. And, and Ram- Rambo does the legendary, nothing is over! <laughs> and leads to a very, I think, one of Sylvester's 
best scenes I've ever seen. Like this shade of Rocky Four, where he goes into this monologue, and I know that it was it was made fun of actually back in the eighties. Like people did not take it serious. They gave it. They they were like razzied it yeah. back in the day. But I thought his monologue here was powerful. It's it's haunting. It gives me chills when, yeah. I, when yeah. I watch it. I was uh, you know me. I had this on while I was uh, folding some laundry in my room, <laughs> and I I distinctly remember like pacing a little bit while this is ending and then like just sitting down and be like holy shit he's talking for like 10 minutes this is insane and it's so good it's it was really listen i i think that it, it was totally again when you're kids all you see a rambo is what they show in the commercials it's a gi joe figure yeah when you see this here it's wild. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's he's not even shirtless. He is like he's wearing like a winter jacket and he's skinny. He's not even like pumped and shredded from the Rocky days. Like he's like a beaten down veteran, and it's like adds this element of, of sadness to the whole proceeding. Yeah. Where it's like he doesn't want to have to do this, and he was pushed by these even more violent imp- uh, imperialistic forces that exist here yeah. in our own in our own borders. I think that the ending speech is actually and not just the speech but the whole movie preceding it and the script which he I guess had, you know, a ton of input on. Yeah. He basically gets enough goodwill out of that culminating in the ending to where the movies slowly downgrade in terms of uh, uh, yeah. intellectual capacity. I, yeah. still, I uh, still say, and we'll talk about this in the second movie, uh, I still say these movies still retain some bit know, of commentary the, here. The first three, I would I mean, yeah. spoiler alert, I'm going to have good things to say about the first three movies. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's Long Beach. Downtown Long Beach, guys. This Yeah, this is uh, our first, not only our first recording with Rowan on the scene, but our first recording <laughs> from Long Beach. Um... So the end of the movie, it of course ends with uh, Rambo being taken into custody because of course he can't die. Uh, this movie was actually adapted from a book in which Rambo does kill himself at the end. Sylvester Stallone said, nah, fuck that. We're going to continue to do these movies. <laughs> they take him into custody at the end. I know Cam didn't get a chance to watch this one. Uh, I'm going to keep this in the video store for sure. It's, it's a classic to me. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. I, I plan on watching it again soon. Surprising classic. Yeah, you keep it in the, in the video store. It, it influenced... A generation of action films, especially in the '80s. Rambo's outside right now, yeah, fighting. Right. The if cops. you can hear the uh, side, the cops that Rambo killed, their their sons are outside the building right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's also incredible to think about that this was the second franchise that. Jesus, sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna hold. And it's. Crazy to think about that this is the second franchise of Stallone's that has spanned 40 years now. It's insane. And a guy uh, has, um, you know, for, for ill or for, or for good, it, that's debatable, um, on, on the legacies of these things. So. <laughs> but yeah, Rocky and Rambo, you, you know, they, it's, it's um, zeitgeist influencing art. It's, and, and Stallone's in the middle of all of it. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, and you know, the varying opinions on two and three and then what happens after that. But yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> so next up before, uh, before we get to those Rambo first blood part two, or just Rambo two or, or first, first blood, blood part, part two. two. They, they really class it up by going with part two. Yeah. I will say that. The, I mean, t- essentially it is the second part. It does pick up right after or a couple years after the first movie. Yeah. It makes a lot of yeah, sense. Imagine my confusion jumping into this. Why is he locked up? And then now like that, I've heard the whole backstory of the first movie yeah. and it's like, wow, this is even more sick that we're going to 
exchange your, your freedom for basically a suicide movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Actually, Cam, you gotta watch it because the first one is almost like an indie movie with yeah, how it's like, like yeah. low-key it is. And you'll be like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's so quiet and low-key. It's like a Duplass Brothers movie compared to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, allegedly, Rambo got eight years for his sentence. It's three years into his sentence from what he got for... Not killing anyone and running away he from the cops. He should have gotten paid. <laughs> like he should have sued that township. Right? Uh, it starts off with uh, with Troutman walking up to Rambo while he's in some type of prison where he has to hammer rocks for yeah, hours. Old school chain gang. Like <laughs> Rambo is in the same prison that John Goodman is in in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Like it's <laughs> it's insane. Just really like this is a really cool scene. Of course, to show off his his abs. There's, there's yeah. also a scene in in Prison Blood Two where he's getting dressed where he's like putting on all of his shit. It's, like, I, really weird. He does look like a fucking actor. Figure by two and three. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Three was ridiculous. Yeah, this this one was ridiculous as well. Yeah, the it, more inflated and shredded he got, the more <laughs> insane these movies got. Uh, so essentially, this movie is like, hey, remember the Vietnam War? The Vietnam War, it ain't over yet, yeah. pals. Uh, the mission is he, <laughs> he sent back in. <laughs> Never to is. pick up uh, to uh, or what he to pick up POWs that have been left behind or so he thinks, which leads him to go into uh, to get dropped off into essentially like Cam said a suicide mission. Before we start on this, I don't know if you guys have ever played this Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Yeah, the no. beginning of that game is exactly is, like is this. Snake Eater or the GameCube one. No, no it's it Twin Snakes. Okay, Twin Snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was on PS2. It, it actually opens with Naked Snake jumping yeah. into basically Russia. Yeah. It's the same deal. Yeah. Where I ha- I, this is one of the only ones I've played actually. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I was like, wow. Like it took a lot. And even Rainbow Three begins like Metal Gear Solid Five. Family. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. But uh, again, this movie has a lot of murky politics, Eric. I I know you want to talk about it, but uh, <laughs> why essentially, don't, why, the don't you, why don't you give us a brief? Just rundown of why it has murky politics. Yeah, because well, the movie <laughs> posits, which is a crazy thing to even say. The movie right. posits before it starts. The movie posits the fact that the U.S. won the Vietnam yeah. War, <laughs> or kind of like. There's a little bit of revisionist history going on here. Uh, just you know, full stop here. Like, I don't hate this movie. I I didn't give it a. I gave. First Blood, five stars on Letterboxd. I only get like half star and five star reviews. <laughs> I don't, or just the heart. That's how I fucking do it. I think there's a lot of uh, admirable things here. Uh, the firepower. And, this like, is an the, extremely good action movie. Yeah, the firepower and like the the choreographing of these action scenes are pretty fucking impressive. And they continue to be in all these movies. Yeah. honestly. George uh, Cosmopolis. How do you say yeah, his last name? He like would later direct uh, Ram or um, Stallone and Cobra, and I think he directed Tombstone. Like he he has an eye for action sequences and staging and 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 rhythm and shit. But this movie, I feel like drifts away from the dock of <laughs> of uh, what the first movie did tonally and thematically of like almost having a sense of regret and shame for what we've done abroad where this is we're going to and that might be the point of this movie I don't know if the movie explains itself that well but to take this you know peak soldier who you know was so withdrawn and broken from this illegal war to Put him back into the very jungles that broke him. But but I I, I liked it because and like Rambo's the Rambo's reasoning for going back isn't 
because he's like, I'm all for this war. It's right. to go back because he wants to find people like him. Right. Because he says in the movie, like, you know, I'm expendable. And, and the girl's like, Which, you know, holy shit, mean? he said that he was expendable in Rambo 2. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. It I was like, this guy's been plotting for a while. <laughs> like, this one. 100%. But then she, like, goes back and says, you know, you're not expendable. And he's proven, and it's proven later on in the movie that he is. Like, I think that, again, like, these movies are layered. Like, yes, you're absolutely right, Eric. Like, these movies are American propaganda. Yeah. But on the other end of it, like, the Rambo. one isn't, I don't think. No, no, no. Like, but Rambo, to me, isn't a figure of that. Like, I can still look at Rambo and be like, okay, he's an okay guy. Because he's not, like, going into these things, except for part three, where he's totally going in to, to do it. And he, he ends, too, by saying, like, the only thing we want is for people to understand that, like, we didn't, like, we what we aren't like and we didn't go to vietnam because we hate america yeah like people in america like hate all these vietnam vets and we don't hate america we wish that weren't the case which like the movie just takes like that roundabout way of yeah, they, they, he says, i think he says like he wants to be treated he wants his the troops to be treated the way that you know america treats everybody else yeah like, they just want to be normal people again and again i get i get what you're saying though like this movie is extremely jingoistic there's a lot of yeah. people that die in this movie. yeah the, the nationalism uh takes the, the driver's seat instead of the back seat uh, <laughs> here where, um, you know, the way it depicts the, the Vietnamese, like the, the Viet Cong, who, you know, he has been tasked to, you know, kind of white, like stand up against and wipe out. It, it is this weird thing how you watch, I'm trying to find a way to say this, like you watch him dispatch the people which now includes Russians, uh, because you know <laughs> we're that, that part's it's, fine. It's no, nobody's offended exactly. by the it's, Russians dying. It's nineteen eighty-five, right? So yeah. we're we're in the heat of the 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 actual cold part of the Cold War, where it's really just policy posturing between Reagan and was it Gorbachev, uh, where we have to reassert <laughs> this might in our art to reflect like the shortcomings we had in the actual war, which is just I don't know. It's just funny to me to watch like him go back to lay waste to Asian caricatures and wearing the hats too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the rice paddy hats and stuff. And like, I don't know. I forget. Is it, is it in Ho Chi Minh city? Like where exactly is this jungle? I forget. I don't remember what they say. The jungle is, (laughs) it's not the most important thing, but it's just like, I'll I'll tell you this. I was waiting for the guys from Tropic Thunder to show up the whole time during this movie. It's such a perfect, by the the time he learns (laughs) that the Soviets are training them when they get, when they, when someone flips on them, the, the boat part, like, I was like, okay, this movie is now completely jingoistic. It's yeah. not what it <laughs> yeah. is. It's not what it was. Pro- it was proclaimed to be at first. I see what it is now. Man, that boat sequence though. Oh yeah, yeah the, it's crazy. That boat sequence yeah. is crazy. The action sequences are incredibly staged, and it's it, it is it does become the the uh, the meme or the avatar that we see, know of Rambo. We're just like, yeah, this pumped up, shredded dude is laying waste to people, but. Again, the movie, I don't think it's a its a complete flop. It's an enjoyable watch. But this is when you really start to see the turn of these movies becoming mouthpiece for American empire versus uh, a protest board against mid- <laughs> uh, uh, American empire. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got. So essentially, uh, <clears throat> Rambo with uh, his partner, Kobao, I believe her name is. Yeah. Uh, it's an Asian woman. They uh, are trying to find this POW. Uh, but essentially... The twist of the movie is crazy enough that he wasn't just with a white actress. Yeah, like that was. From the I beginning. thought that was cool. He he actually tends to grow fond of her in the yeah. movie as well. The big twist of this movie, and I want to ask you guys how you felt about it, was that the Americans never expected him to find a POW there, and when they did, they were like, "Oh shit!" 
my mic on. And then they were like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, they, they leave him there uh, to get captured by the Vietnamese. How did you guys feel about the twist? Uh, was it something that you expected? I thought it was really pulpy and, and kind of actually kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that, I mean, ultimately in all of these movies, Rambo, whether or not like what the U.S. is doing in the movie is right or wrong doesn't really matter mm. because the person... It's kind of like I was a huge fucking fan of 24 when it was on, uh, which, yeah, the politics of it, like looking back on it, some of them are like shocking. Patriot inspired. Uh, (laughs) But a lot of times it wasn't even a pro U.S. show. It was just a pro Jack Bauer show. And because of the show's politics, Jack's politics were also, I guess, a little questionable sometimes. But Jack, as the show presented it, Jack was doing the right thing for the right reasons, yeah. regardless of what the U.S. wanted. And Rambo's presented very much in the same way. So it's still easy to root for him, even when there's this political bullshit going on in the right. movie. Yeah, this twist was, like, completely unexpected for me. And I don't know if it's because I was naive to whatever happened in the first one, but yeah. it was, like, I'm just... <laughs> I was like, I'm just assuming like they come get him out of prison. I think the most that you had to know from the first movie is that Troutman and Rambo are pretty close. Yeah, prison. But yeah, so like, but like I agree with I agree with you. I think that the twist because I had like no idea of anything surrounding Rambo's character before this movie. This is my first time ever seeing any of the Rambo movies as well. So nice. um, It added. It was a, a pretty extreme twist in my opinion and it completely caught me off guard and the fact like you said they just left them there <laughs> was well, like POWs now are spoken with such reverence and like mm-hmm. I, I, for all the shit I talk about the military and all this like I, I could never be in it mm-hmm. and if I were a POW <laughs> I would uh, be labeled a traitor to the I'm US singing. so fast what do you want to know I, s- I will tell you as soon as I see the rat go up my ass I'm telling yeah, bro I, don't, I, <laughs> I do not care. like I'm like and then I get back to the US and I'll be like what the fuck did you want me to do like I'm like what the fuck come you yeah. me I have no loyalty to this country <laughs> you don't really need to like torture me just yeah. ask yeah. Like, <laughs> you guys have a Krispy Kreme like I, we can go there yeah. um, but just like give me a coffee yeah, and yeah, yeah. for all like and we're at the point now where like basically if you're flying a United States flag there's like a POW MIA flag mm-hmm. flying under it in yeah. like in America which is crazy but, like, I think it's surprising that they say fuck him, like Cam is saying, because now for somebody to, like, even suggest something like that, oh, like, yeah. POWs, like, you're thrown off of a building, mm-hmm. even by, like, Democrats. Right. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I think that is where the movie sort of redeems itself, where it's more pro-individual troop versus pro-industrial yeah. complex, where, like, to make a movie like this now, you have to have approval from every branch of the fucking military, mm-hmm. the CIA, <laughs> like, look at Black Panther, CIA propaganda. Yes, like, I love that. Uh, fucking, you know, the Bigelow movie, like, you have to consult... Captain Marvel, at, Captain Marvel. Marvel had the planes fly yeah. over the dome. <laughs> just, like, that's, that's crazy! Just a disgusting display of American exceptionalism, just like, ki- these are killing machines, what are you talking about? But, like, I, th- I did like that part of the movie where it's <laughs> sympathetic to the individual troop, which... I can be. Like, I feel bad that we keep sending men and women to fight these forever wars for no fucking reason and yeah. come back and c- to be completely neglected. Um, but the movie also, you know, while it's making that <laughs> so- somewhat decent point of we turn our backs on individual troops, uh, and immediately the movie itself also has to reinforce, like, but we also would, if we had another chance, we'd lay waste to these vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we'll make up for this lack of victory in, in, uh, in, in you know, Eastern Asia uh, by having Rambo dispatch and the Russians uh, uh, 
the Viet Cong and Russian people. I mean, because at the end, it essentially becomes Rambo versus the United States versus the Russians yeah. versus the Viet yeah. Cong. He's killing everyone at this point yeah. because he's been wrong. He's got explosive arrows. The explosive he's, arrows are so fucking cool. Yeah, this is when the firepower really becomes dope. And then, like, there, there's the flamethrower. There's the rocket launcher. There's the, oh, once again, the M60. There's, yeah. like, there's a part where he's getting, uh, where he, well, the coolest part to me in the movie, one of my favorite parts is when he's getting tortured. And uh, he's talking to Murdoch, who's played by Charles Napier, who yeah. I thought was slimy in this. I loved him. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and then they're like, you know, tell us where you're at. Tell him where you're at. And then he says, Murdoch, I'm coming for you first. Yeah, and then so he, good. That part was fucking sweet. Uh, any, any other parts like that that stood out to you? Uh, the, is the cauterization in two or three? Three. It's okay. Three. Three, okay. Is, three is, has a bunch of moments for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to talk about three. Uh, yeah, I, I just, the, I thought it was cool uh, in two to have another waterfall yes. set mm. is like oh this is cool uh, just which is really just a nod to the first movie yeah uh, but it was it was good I mean it's a really well made action movie yeah like outside of all the other th- I mean you can look at it as uh, this is like why the thing about the Joker is so crazy because yeah. here we can all sit here and say like this is an incredibly ultimately complicated discussion when you talk about the politics of this movie that it has that are kind of bad really but at the same time it can also be a well-made movie for all the other reasons all these movies are well-made which is crazy Uh, so i think it's like i think this is a good i don't think i think all of us here are probably down on the 08 version literally down on it (laughs) score-wise not down with it and probably worried about the extreme dad energy that the new one appears to have. Yeah, that is far more yeah. troubling to me than Joker. Yeah, yeah. But we can say that, like, despite troubles, these early movies are very good. Yeah. So... It, what moment what stood out to you, Cam? <laughs> Cam is, like, flabbergasted. Like, honestly, like, this whole experience, like, like I said, this is my first time watching Rambo, so... It's amazing. You have to think, like... This like my whole like image of Rambo before even seeing these films was basically through battle rap and people talking about <laughs> using Rambo as like a metaphor or example. So like I didn't think that Rambo was like this guy who had like you guys have said and obviously in the movie had like emotional depth or anything. Yeah. <laughs> actually I thought he was just like some type of killing machine. So honestly, the fact that he actually it's not just like one particular part of the movie. It's the fact, like the character in and of itself, that he actually was at heart basically a good person. Yeah, he has, yeah. a, he has a moral compass exactly that like, was degraded by the military. Basically, that's honestly what sticks out to me the most because my whole thing, like, and like Pat has pointed out as well, like with Stallone's performance in the movie. Like, I thought it was just. I'm going into this movie thinking it's just going to be Sylvester Stallone with his shirt <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just running through the jungle or something, throwing grenades, shooting people. Like, <laughs> So the fact like he actually like has to like make decisions for... How do I say this? He's going for it. Yeah. Like, he's actually, like, like Eric says, has a moral compass is, like, the most surprising thing to me. It's the exact opposite of what I expected the movie to be. 100%. So... Yeah, I I enjoy the exploding arrow through the guy <laughs> who kept shooting at him, and then it's like he's that, like he's missing every single shot, and it's like I would have kept running. I mean, if you see somebody loading up a bow, oh yeah, let's assume that they're either crazy or they, they know, know what they're doing it. or both because they're yeah. using a fucking bow. So, uh, Eric, a standout part for uh, First Blood Two for you. 
There's a lot of the movie's violent, but if you can believe it, it gets more violent in the next movie. Yeah, three has three one of fun. the like great one of my favorite scenes ever. After I just saw it <laughs> last night, like I can't wait to discuss it. Uh, <laughs> honestly, just the iconography of the exploding arrow because I just remember seeing that as a kid. You know, I think you my, see the tip of it. Yeah, it, my dad, my dad used to love these movies. Obviously, as Pat was alluding to, they get increasingly injected with big dad energy. <laughs> Um, These movies don't care if you're black, white, brown, or purple. <laughs> the ultimate dad, ultimate neoliberal dad quote. Um, but I, I love the the imagery of this movie because it reminds me so much of Hot Shots, the Charlie Sheen spoof, movie, <laughs> which has him with the bow and arrow, but it's a chicken on it, like a like chicken that's like obviously yeah. calling. Um, but yeah, it's it's really there is impressive action sequences in here that while I am, you know, I do have a, a high threshold for propaganda. It's why we all watch fucking SVU <laughs> and shit. Uh, I can watch these movies and see like, yeah, this is, you know, stroking off the mil- military industrial complex. It's almost that, part of watching the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, you can use that as a part of the entertainment aspect of it. Right. To an extent. Uh, but yeah, the first time he, he unleashes the um, exploding arrow, it's just like, that's a, a full circle, like childhood moment of like, yeah, pop culture image. Yeah. So, uh, with that, I'm going to keep this in the video store. I'll keep this one. What about you guys? Yeah. Bigly. Keep it around. I'm saying no, but it doesn't matter because I'm already outvoted. But, um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's your yeah, position. Yeah. I, I don't think you need this one, but your answer, my answer to the next one might surprise you. Wow. Ow. Okay. Yeah, I like it. All right. So, when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about Rambo 3. And a political conflict I understand even less than Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. As well as Rambo 2008 as our Rambo episode continues on Leafy's. Visiting somebody around here? You know, wearing that flag on that jacket, looking the way you do. You're asking for trouble around here, friend. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction, huh? Of course, we're talking about Rambo because the new movie, Rambo Last Blood, drops this week. So I, I figured let's do something unexpected that we've never done before. Surprise ourselves with, with yes. this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, you know, I was like, Sylvester Stallone, he's back in. Let's, let's do Rambo. It's, they're pretty easy movies to find. They're pretty uh, ubiquitous with uh, American culture. Also, well, I'm going to do a Stallone. I'm going to have to watch some more Stallone movies yeah, after I mean, this. He's, is he as bad as people say he is? Like, I know he's like a joke, a punchline, or he became one in the Yeah, he may have helped make himself one, yeah. I will say. Like, uh, Expendables, uh, I mean, I... Which aren't bad movies. Yeah. I gotta keep it on Just, like, he just, keep, like, it, he went from, like, making... Like, Cam and I have learned very conscious movies, even if they're action movies that end up maybe being stupid and problematic. He was very... He was someone with a lot of creative intent. Yeah. And then it seemed like he made the... Like, The Expendables is, like, the movie where it's, like, every washed-up guy, yeah. it, like, shoots guns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he, he didn't... He kind of walked himself into the reputation a little bit. But, I mean, he made Rocky, which I think is a franchise that people generally take pretty seriously. And, again, like this, I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> but and the, and the aforementioned Copland. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Copland, let me say, I saw, I think, last year, and well, I guess was, like, the first Stallone movie I ever saw. 
It's fucking amazing. It's incredible. Uh, and I think almost anybody I know who's seen it has that opinion of it. But Didn't it get nominated for some things? I think... Um, what's my man's name? Not, <laughs> I was thinking about Mickey Rourke because we were talking about Expendables. Yeah. Uh, Kaitel, I think, got supporting... Um, He's uh, great in it. Yeah, there's so... It's like De Niro... It's such a powerhouse. Like De Niro... Kaitel, Stallone, um, Michael Rapport's actually pretty good in it. Rapport can, can put out a good performance yeah, sometimes. He, he's good at playing a weasel, go figure. Um, but yeah, I, I think... because he's not acting. Right, exactly. Uh, not actually, much of a stretch. Sylvester said that Copland hurt his career and he had trouble getting roles for eight years due to the film's failure to reach the high expectations set for it and the mix of views on whether he was leaving action movies for more character-driven content. Yeah, well, he, he, it's definitely like... It has to be. I mean, not having seen many of his movies, it has to be one of the best movies he made. Yeah, like critically adored and taken seriously. And um, now, like he has two of the most recognizable, not just franchises, but blockbuster franchises in America and therefore the world. Americana. So, <laughs> yeah. so if then, like your thing is like. 20 years later, guys who are making a podcast where you're talking about the politics of Rambo, but you're actually saying, like, but the movie everybody really needs to see is Copland, yeah. like, then you should be really fucking proud of Copland. Yeah. Like, who cares? And I think he, for the most part, and I, I, I'm sure I will eat crow as soon as I, like, bother to look this up. <laughs> I think he, for the most part, avoided scandal. I think there was a rumor he might have, like... Some Me Too stuff? Yeah, I think he might have inappropriately you know, touched somebody. I, I don't, uh, it's so hard to keep up because every man is a monster in Hollywood, but um, it didn't get much traction. I don't know if that means the story went away or it was actually disproven. I don't know. So I know he did have a Me Too story that even like watching these, I was like, that went away. Yeah. Like that yeah. didn't, they didn't get big. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, so other than that, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to make light of that, but other than that, I think um, for the most part, yeah, I don't, he hasn't been, you know, cast aside in, in this industry. He hasn't been in too much trouble. I mean, he's allowed to make another movie, uh, another Rambo movie, literally 40 years yeah. after, they, after they dropped. Right. I mean, the, the if, if anything should have gotten him in trouble, it was Rambo 08. Well, he, yeah. he, he got in a little trouble when, his, when he left his hot mic on in the trailer. Did you guys hear about that? <laughs> no, no. Oh, that's why I sent to the group chat. I thought you got the reference. No. Uh, he consensually went into a trailer. I mean, granted, there's power dynamics at play here, but he went with, a, a I think, a PA, a young female PA, and his lapel mic was still on in between su- shots, and you can hear him saying, work the chef. Oh, no! <laughs> and, then, and then a pause. Now cradle the balls. <laughs> That's what you said? That yeah. He was on hot mic getting blown on in between. Dude, I'm sets. watching Rambo, last, First Blood, Part 2, and I'm like, where wow. is this reference? <laughs> wow. I'm sitting there waiting for somebody to I, say I said, I said cradle, cradle the balls on, without context to the group chat. I'm like, where is but this yeah, coming from? Oh, it's, my God. I thought it was just you were just throwing it out no, there. No, he literally was... There's, I think the recording exists, too, somewhere on YouTube where it's uh, him... Lots of heavy breathing and his dumbass accent. Little cradle the balls, and then dude, that became like a thing. Oh my god! Yeah, now I'm just hearing him say all these sex phrases. Yeah. Oh, like, no, I just uh, ruined the whole episode. Now, <laughs> so I should uh, save that for last. I'm sorry. Sure what movie were... was this? Maybe it wasn't these movies. No, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't was, Rambo. It was Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Tango and Cash. It was like a late '80s, early '90s thing. I think. Oh um, my god. The one you have in one of those slides. Sly Stone, bro, come on. Work the chef. Uh, but we're going to talk about him and his tremendously amazing hair. 
Yes. Rambo oh. 3. He's got incredible hair. His, his hair is his feathered hair, to the gods. His hair in the three movies, it's literally like a Dragon Ball Z character yeah. over time where it's like big, oh, this guy's got some hair. And then three is it's like, oh, oh holy shit. He's got some fucking <laughs> yeah. hair. Uh, the movie, once again, picks up. Well, notice this isn't part three. It's just straight up three. Yeah, yeah like yeah. this is where they drop the pretense of like it's anything but the Rambo shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, it picks up here with Troutman going to visit Rambo in Thailand. <laughs> Apparently where he walks off in First Blood 2 to God knows where. Yeah, they walk off together. Yeah. And then apparently separate. Yeah, they were like, all right, I got I to gotta go home, player. Uh, like, he's a Cobra Wrangler? Yeah, slash, like, <laughs> stick fighter. It's kind of like, uh, they, well, the Cobra thing is kind of a play on the last movie where he comes out the plane and he grabs the Cobra. I love when he did, uh, yeah. he did do that. He, he does it so calmly and he just, like, Let's the snake go. It lets you know. It lets you know that he's familiar with this place. And also merciful. Yeah, very much. He doesn't kill. Only kills things he has to kill. Uh, Troutman comes up and says, "Hey, there's a mission in Afghanistan. We need your pal." I love Red Foreman, who's also there from that '70s show. He has the classic line of like, "I don't know if this was even true in the 30 years ago and whenever this came out, but he was like." He says Afghanistan, and then he says, like, most people couldn't even find it on a map. <laughs> Which is still kind yeah, of true. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I couldn't probably. I, probably couldn't. Yeah, I, bet, you, I bet you could point to a 100-mile radius of where Probably, it is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Even though, uh, surely, a 100-mile radius would fit in Afghanistan. That's you, how, that's how, that's how Republicans look at maps before they start wars. <laughs> yeah, 100-mile radius. <laughs> Whatever. So Troutman says, much like Republicans do, they say, hey, there's a, there's a mission here. We need you to go to Afghanistan to just f- fucking do some things, and you might die. And essentially, listen, the story here is superfluous. There is no story. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, to, to punctuate maybe just how unsuperfluous this is, the opening title card says... This movie is dedicated to the brave, brave <laughs> to the brave Mujahideen fighters <laughs> fighting in Afghanistan. Proxy war. Yeah. So I mean, I'll let you keep going on the plot, but I I actually think this movie unintentionally. I don't think this movie meant to do this. <laughs> exposes the failures of regime change, all of our proxy wars in the Middle East, and how it literally set the fucking path into this, you know, upcoming World War Three in, in the Middle East. Jesus Christ. You just say World War Three is coming? Uh, I mean, they're trying. They're trying to do it right now. The Saudis just faked another oil tanker attack. And, like, you know, this administration wants nothing more to bomb Iran. I mean, Michael We Bolton, will get our ass kicked by they, Iran. They would, Everyone agrees. They would smoke our goofy All right, this is, the most, this is already the most political episode. <laughs> Let's just pause it right there. No, it is no... It's, no, it, it's a coincidence... It's not a coincidence that this movie came out right after the Iran-Contra affair where we started. The Reagan administration was selling arms illegally to Iran to pay for money that we could funnel to the the Contras in Nicaragua to fight like a democratically elected socialist regime in Nicaragua. And these effects reverberate through the Middle East. Anyway, we'll, all the we'll weapons we sold them are still over there. Well, that's the same. This the Mujahideen was that with Osama bin Laden. The we were video literally store is now in full. I, <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish the audience could see Eric's third eye on his, on his forehead right now. <laughs> um, no, but like the Mujahideen really literally became the Taliban. We we funded and armed them to fight a proxy war against Russia in the late eighties. And, and that's what this movie is about. <laughs> this movie is supporting. And I, I think that's awesome <laughs> that this movie proudly 
supports the Mujahideen who we're now fighting <laughs> today. It's I don't know, it's amazing to me. Uh, and that is <laughs> Ram- That is Rambo's mission in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And boy does he ever accomplish it because you do get one scene of them all riding in on horses at the end to save him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does go to, to Afghanistan, uh, completely different, you know, we're out of the jungles into the desert here. It has Rambo again. And I I don't I watch a lot of movies, and I'm not even being facetious. I'm not. I'm being completely serious. This is one of the most violent movies, movies I've ever seen. In my life. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's very violent. In a great way. Yeah, it's extremely violent. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm not just talking like him. Have you guys ever noticed like Rambo just sprays? He loves back it. and forth and Spray hits everything. And yeah, never misses. <laughs> and he does that a lot here. And I'm not just talking about those scenes. I'm talking about just scenes of just viscera and like up close stabbings, up close people getting hit by arrows. Nothing is spared here. Oh, Rambo pillage gets mowed down. I mean, pillage absolutely. Gets mowed down. It, like there's a like Rambo destroys what three helicopters here? Yeah. Three different ways. Yeah. Rambo can always fight a helicopter. Yeah. One of these ways with a tank, and he manages <laughs> to swim. Literally inside of the tank, and he's like, shaking around inside of it. A maniac. I fucking love it, man. It would be so funny to be on this, like the set, like the fake tank they were in, and some guys just shaking yeah. Stallone in a set, and he's like, "Horror! Like, gotta make this real." I think like the broad strokes here is that, of course, uh, Trotman does get captured, which is like a big dummy. Like, why the fuck is yeah. he even going on this mission? Trotman, but the torture. This, this is how it has a little bit of like third movie in the franchise syndrome because until this point. Troutman always shows up in, like... I don't like, think he was active. Yeah, not active, but he always shows up in, like, full uniform, like, smart as hell, completely in control. Yeah. And then he gets fucking captured by, like, some fucking jackalopes. Like, <laughs> jackalopes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do, know. Maybe he's not very good at <laughs> I do, all jokes aside, I do, like, the two-hander of Troutman and Rambo, where mm-hmm. th- that's the only through line through all three of these movies, where they... Changed tonally and politically uh, throughout all three of them. Uh, the one constant is this relationship between, yeah, this sort of clear-eyed, is he general? Captain? Colonel. 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 This clear-eyed colonel and this killing machine who he recognizes as a great soldier but also a broken man. And like He's kind it, of like a father figure. Yeah, so. I think he's a grown mentor figure and they, they play off each other nicely where he's like, this professorial kind of guy, and, and Rambo is the muscle. I, yeah. I like that dynamic. Uh, Rambo, like, his first mission order of business is to get down into it and save Troutman, but we find out, of course, the Russians are behind yeah. everything. Well, that was really happening. <laughs> <laughs> this was true. We, 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 like, we, we armed Osama bin Laden to fight the Russians, man. This, this he might happened. be in this movie. He might. He, might. he was an extra. No, it was good. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just wanted to say, like, the set design in this movie is, like, fantastic. It's like, really I, cool. I, the way that the place that they go in this movie like they spare no expense to make this movie you know look clean and amazing but also look very cool like every single action scene is plotted out perfectly I think to me even though it's my least favorite of the first three I think the action is probably like the best of the first three to me it's the most fully realized that like you know and also they've done the first two movies so they're like it's it's kind of like Better Call Saul, how like they were hit the ground running with like, oh, we know how to make this. Mm, yeah. And so three, they were like, oh, we know how to do all this shit. Like just do just the best possible version of it. Yeah. yeah. Just a quick side, Peter McDonald, who directed this, the movie he directed immediately after this was Mo Money. <laughs> uh, with uh, Tommy Davidson? No, um, the Wayans. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Wayans. I'm, I'm thinking of Strictly Keenan and Damon. Um, just 
shows the range of this king. Sorry. <laughs> I, I also, and I, I know we, we keep harping on the uh, Mujahideen. There is like, like a lot of the movie is like very tense or terse, like calm, cute moments with Rambo like talking it out with them and befriending them in the yeah. movie. Like it's yeah. very off, off-putting yeah. in and a like, lot of like ways. Vast generalizations about like the Arabic community. Like <laughs> yeah, it, yes. it, it's like, it's a little strange. Rambo said, "Y'all don't y'all don't fuck around." Or some shit he said, "Like y'all don't mess around." He's like, "Yeah, that's right, we don't." Yeah, it, it was <laughs> like you don't take any shit. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of like white saviorism uh, going on where it's like white saviorism and like reduction, where he's like, you know, he, the guy like literally lists like every group of people that have ever tried to invade and suppress uh, the <laughs> Afghan population, and then Ramos is like, sounds like you don't take any shit. Yeah, yeah. it's like okay. yeah, that's a, and the guy's like it's a little more complicated. Than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, but I also but sure. love like that line and a couple other like Ramos actually kind of funny in this movie. Oh like, yeah, he tells jokes. Yeah. Know? Uh, a, a characteristic that is often overlooked, even in these expendable movies, Stallone is self-aware. Yes. Even if he doesn't play to it, the expendable movies, again, like by the third one, it does become everything. It, the first one, first two, tried to kind of mock of like these washed-up machismo dads, basically. Yeah. And the third one is just like, look how buff and cool we are. <laughs> Whereas this one, these movies, like Stallone, I think is still his politics are still aren't fully aligned with the jingoism of the movie, but he's still really funny. And like, yeah, he's, it's a funny performance. Like these movies can't be humorless. They don't work if they're not yeah. like, well, the first two could, the first one, the first one is not very funny. The first one's yeah, Cause that's actually just a straight up capital D drama. <laughs> it's sad. And, and like I said, but these two, you kind of have to have like a cartoonish. I mean, Rambo's a cartoon character. He's a GI Joe. Like he's a, you know, like a caricature of a buff macho man. The third one of this reminds me a lot of the third Die Hard, where it's like these big, wide locations and yeah. full teams of guys. <laughs> I love uh, the third Die Hard. Die Hard would have been... We should do a Die Hard. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Really yeah. Wow, hold on. Let's get on yeah. topic here. Hey. Uh, all around the table, your best, best action scene in this movie, your favorite part in this movie. I, I talked about it in the chat, like the image of him... You know, <laughs> it, this goes back to the cradle the balls. The absurdity of of machismo in this movie is when we've seen guys get shot on camera and they and they clean their own wound out and stitch themselves up. <laughs> yes. But we've never seen a guy pour gunpowder in his wound and then light it on fire, basically exploding the wound shut to cauterize it. I, I gotta say, this is, it's in another more recent movie that somebody does this, but they have like a cut that yeah. they cauterize with gunpowder. This is literally Rambo, like he's been, it's a piercing wound, yeah, yeah. so he's been stabbed all the way through his body, and so you can see the gunpowder shooting out both yeah. ends of yeah. the yeah. fire. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking yeah. disgusting. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> Just chef kiss genius. Uh, that's that's America. That's like America shit right there, baby. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, uh, Pat, I, I got to go with when he uh, inside the tank when he crashes yeah. it. Uh, it's so it's so awesome. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. He, he survives it. Yeah, he, he survives. They do the '80s thing where they kind of show the tank hitting the helicopter like multiple times from like just slightly different angles to where you're like, okay, we we get it. Uh, yeah, it's great. I, uh, Cam? I have two scenes actually that like Yo, you had a favorite moment in movies. Yeah, yeah. I had like two scenes in this movie that were like actually like incredible to me. Or one of them is hilarious, the second one is actually incredible. The second one might be hilarious as well too though. Listen, <laughs> the first one was like when they when he's in the village and they're getting attacked and he runs to like the top of the hill oh, yeah. and gets on the turret <laughs> and starts shooting down the uh, the the helicopters or whatever. Like that was 
incredible to me. But my favorite scene, like I had never seen anything like this in a movie, and like this is like one of my favorite action scenes ever. It was like he's about to die. It seems like he's fighting this guy one on one, and the guy like choking him out, and he's like reaching for the grenade on <laughs> that the guy. Oh has, yeah, oh yeah. Pulls the grenade and then kicks him. It was the guy backs up and he falls into the yep. hole. And as he's falling, like the rope like hangs on him. When he when he hangs, he explodes. <laughs> yeah. the crazy, I was talking to Eric about like, this scene earlier. And when it cuts to the wide shot, exactly. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> now the last movie had a guy being exploded by an arrow. Yeah. This man was already dead. Like, yeah. There was yeah. no reason for him to explode. That's <laughs> why it was so awesome. <laughs> this is this is when the franchise became MacGruber. Like when MacGruber <laughs> shoots Val Kilmer off a cliff, but then also like. Hits him with a grenade and then shoots like a thousand more rounds. Yeah. And like you kill people twenty times over in these fucking movies. It's so fucking great. Uh, I like this the least of all of the movies. I'll still keep it in the movie. And of the first story. three, of the first yeah, the first yeah. three. Like I'll still keep it in the video store. I enjoy these movies. I'm not ashamed to admit yeah. that I enjoy Rambo. I think it's a good culmination, especially of the uh, the Rambo mentor relationship yeah. Yeah. and. It's 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 the fact that third one we rarely get a good third. Movie. Yeah, this is a solid so, third one. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, I I definitely keep this in where I didn't keep the second one. In. That's it's, so crazy you didn't like first book yeah. too. That's like an iconic movie. It's it's fine. Like I I enjoyed it. I don't. I'm not mad that I watched it. But this is like a cultural relic of like sincere title cards that saying we support the pre- <laughs> the, the precursor to the Taliban. Um, <laughs> And yeah, just like a, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so good. I'm surprised it hasn't been scrubbed uh, from history. That, it makes me so happy that it hasn't been. Um, but and yeah, and just like how our proxy wars fail every time. It's happening in Syria and Israel, Saudi Arabia, and yet we're like proud. We were proud of this shit in the '80s, man. It's so funny. This uh, country is so fucked. Flash forward literally 20 years from the release of this movie. To 2008. Mistakes were made. Where we, <laughs> where we were watching Rambo. The just they said just Rambo. The first blood. This shit. movie is kind of uh, like a precursor to the. The it was like round one nostalgia wave. Yeah, that we're still living in. Yeah, we're still because I mean he he's a huge fan of of bringing these like this is like a part of his campaign of bringing back his old uh, his old. Franchises back, so yeah. Creed was another part of that. Rambo, I thought he, and I think they pulled Creed off because they had a better director here. Yeah, like, Rambo is a low budget, uh, just literally like it's a dark film. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not fun in the way it's like. No, and it's Rambo really two, mean. And it, First Blood two and three and Rambo three are like they were enjoyable. I have fun watching both movies. This movie is just like very dour. Yeah, it's yeah, like, and you can tell that like they the first three are like these 70s 80s like they look like 70s 80s like gritty movies like you can tell they were just like here's here's the set like point the camera and go and in Rambo 08 you can just tell it's so like it's like fake gritty yeah like, it's like really de- over designed gritty yeah and it just doesn't look good it has it's all, low budget it's yeah all- it has all these t- it has the like really 08 thing of like a bunch of people who are good TV actors well, fail to translate into <laughs> movie stars like well, you know what's funny? This movie was to cost fifty million dollars, which is insane. I keep calling it low budget. That's just because it looked like that. But what I mean in 08 was what was fifty million like in 08? Was that pretty? Stu- I mean, this pretty high, right? No, it's still kind of mid budget. I mean, you would think something like a an epic action thriller and set in East Asia 
or Southeast Asia. It was like in Burma. 75, 80. Yeah, it was like 80, close to 100, especially with him directing and his actor fee. Like, And the fact that it's like, oh, people are going to go want to see Rambo for the first time in 20 years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that probably they paid most of that 50 on on Sylvester because this cast is like... It's yeah, like, it's like a guy from nobody. Yeah. went from Lost. The chick like, from fucking Dexter's in it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's her. It's not from, It's not Juliet. It's uh, what's her name from, from Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's just like a... It takes place in Burma, which again, we it's like the same trope of we find Rambo yeah. here doing this. Yeah. Like now he's in Burma. He's and, a silent boatman. Yeah, he's the boatman. He looks like bloated as fuck. I feel like like Sylvester was like on cycle or off cycle here. Like he just doesn't <laughs> look good here. Like it looks like... He's wearing a shirt the whole movie. He does not yeah. take it off yeah. at all. Yeah. And it looks like he has like a a refrigerator inside of his shirt because it just pokes out like this. But it's just like front here. There's like nothing else there. Uh, he's sent to <laughs> save some missionary. Like, is this even rooted in reality? He, I, I, I mean, like, I don't. It was just it has the other immediate problem that like a lot of these movies of its generation or type tend to have where. People we don't know, like Troutman, who the actor who played him died in 03, I yeah. want to say. Uh, so we have lost the only like relationship we have from the other movies. Mm-hmm. So some missionaries who we don't know come in and motivate him for stuff we don't really care about. So yeah. now the story isn't about Rambo's connection to anything. They're just pleading on Rambo's, like, be a good guy. Yeah. When before it was at least like, you're a soldier, it's the only thing you know how to do, come do it. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you have you have that going hand in hand with the sex slave plot. Yeah, the sex slave <laughs> plot, and then also like the Suicide Squad plot. Basically, yeah. where like we're introduced to like this gaggle of buffoons who are like you know just like oh like like fake Blackwater soldiers or whatever, yeah. and like we're supposed to think they're cool even though we they have no actual characters. Like, there it's not a Rambo movie. Like yeah. it's called Rambo, and it's not a Rambo movie. Yeah, it, it's it feels like because this came out. A year and a half before Expendables, which like increase like sort of restarted his career over again. Like this feels like I, I saw this in theaters. I, I f- didn't rewatch it for the pod. I remember seeing this in theaters. This was, <laughs> How did you? Who did you see this with? I was two thousand eight. Some o- Obama era throwback bullshit. Um, <laughs> Obama had hardly been in there. I know. Uh, <laughs> this is maybe it's Sylvester post nine eleven. Huh? Yeah, 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 post nine eleven. Here is my yeah. here is my everything changed moment. Of the, of the episode, yeah, everything changed after nine eleven. Uh, uh, but like it, this, this feels like scene like scrapped expendable scenes that they stuck together. Like, oh, we can make this into a Rambo movie since like uh, this won't be good enough for my Expendables movie or something. Like, yeah. it's weird, man, because it's like yeah, it's like about Christian missionaries that he has to save, and yeah, there's, there's nothing really. There's no thread that connects anything else. Like the the humor and charm of the original three is completely gone it takes itself way too serious it's just violent there's yeah, no comedy yeah. Yeah. it's weird it's weird I mean the the scene that doesn't even have him I didn't make it through the movie uh, I would have but <laughs> like time constraints with getting here and I was like I'm not gonna fucking be late to this to finish the last half hour of what I'm sure is a lot like the first oh, hour the of final... the movie you said it's incredibly incredibly violent, violent. the like first he... the, oh, the, 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 the killing montage Earlier in the movie, yeah, no, when it's like, yeah, yeah, when it's like people who are like getting blown in half by guns, mm-hmm, and like, exactly. we don't even know, like, we don't even get the cheap like five minute scene where it's like these people's lives and then they die. It's yeah. just like it was. That's when I text you crazy. guys in group chat. I was yeah. like, this is like it's out the much. gate is like violent for it's no reason, yeah. and, then, and then the violence put upon these guys where it's like, okay, yeah, they deserved it, but it's like almost really like. 
there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's it, like Rambo doesn't even really have a code of honor at this point. It's like goes from feeling dumb and fun to just feeling gross. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a final scene with the M60 where there's little human remains on the, on the, like the, the shield of the gun and he's just mowing through people in a fucking field. And that's, that's the third act of the movie. Like that's literally 20 minutes of him and the team, that other mercenary team killing people. Yeah, and making other, like it's easy to sympathize with one guy who's been made into a killing machine because you can see him as like this tortured guy who the government totally fucked over. But when it becomes about a team of mercenaries and they're killing yeah. people, it's a lot easier to be like, uh, this, this sucks, right? Like, yeah, is, exactly. is it cool? So I don't know. It's just, it sucks that like the other ones were complicated kind of, mm-hmm. but still enjoyable and mm-hmm. fun to talk about why they were complicated. And this one, it's like, he just became an old guy and like made a movie that sucked. Well, what my thing is here is like, it's uh, as crazy as like Rambo part three with, with the Taliban thing and Rambo two with Vietnam. Like, the socio-political stuff here is like way more complicated. It's way more shades of gray here. Like the sex slave stuff is like is cut and dry as you get here. But actually going into these people's village and like doing what he does in this movie, yeah. it's way more complicated than that. Like yeah. this movie doesn't try and dress itself up as anything else but another vehicle for him to kill a lot of people. And yeah. with that, in that case, it's fine. Like the big money moment is when he takes the machete and disembowels. Uh, his, <laughs> name, his name's Tent, I think. The uh, your guess is as good as mine. He cuts his whole body, like he cuts his body in half with a machete. It's like some manhunter, uh, yeah, rock star manhunter. But that's the fucked up part about this, where it's like the kills in three were somehow better because they were so they were more over the top and at least felt creative in three yeah. back in nineteen what eighty eight. Yeah, where this is just like yeah, it felt mean spirited. Like this is like. Ripping the guy's it's, throat out was like it's gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, it was like crazy. Yeah. It go. It's kind of like why like you can watch. It's why, like, you know, even though Freddy Krueger is a rapist who lives in a boiler room, you can watch the version from the 80s and be like, okay, hell yeah, I'm into this. But then, like, the version from when, 09, maybe, is just, (laughs) like, really mean and shitty. And it's, like, it's not – it kind of is the era, I think, a little bit, but it's also, like, it's just hard to get that same energy right sometimes. It's, like – like – Kind of like the thing as well, like the original yeah. version of John Carpenter's yeah. The Thing, and then the remake. Like, it just doesn't give you the same feel that the originals do. Like, less is more. Sometimes. Yes, yeah, less is yeah. More. Less is more, and this is a classic example of where less is more. Totally. So, uh, I'm not gonna keep this one. No, no, it's, it's so. It's a stain. Yeah, it's so mean. Like, I think very rarely do we have so little to say that is good about something after we've said such good stuff about the previous three quarters of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, the film is banned in Burma. It, it No surprise. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they, they, like, I think they, like, uh, they ordered, I remember this being a big thing, like, they had, they ordered all DVD copies to be burned, <laughs> never got released there theatrically or on DVD. Like, I mean, I think no matter what side of any Burmese conflict you're on, you're looking at this like, this, we shouldn't, nobody needs to see this. Little, little known fact, Rambo is the guy that Michael Caine is talking about in Dark Knight. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> he had these precious rubies. Well, and, and, uh, <laughs> I, the the actual writer of First Blood, David Morrell, loved the movie. Oh, that's he depressing. Yeah, he, he actually did like it. Uh, Rambo is a franchise. Very interesting. Uh, lots of ups and downs as far as socially, but I think, again, this is just like with Child's Play, surprisingly, like, this is a franchise that doesn't really have... 
a really bad movie. Yeah, until you get to this last one and yeah. maybe the one that is going to come out the same. I, I'm worried the new one is going to be the 08 one meets like Sicario and Taken. Which I'm bothered. Seems like a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> I'm bothered because these movies tend to pluck real life situations yeah. and, and put Rambo into them, and yeah. I'm just like, this one he shouldn't. He should sit this. Uh, one. Yeah, I'm, and I sorry. No, it, it's easy. It's easier for us to overlook. I mean, not just for us. It's easier to consume something that was political as entertainment. Like, we can look at the ones from the 70s and 80s different than the people who were alive in the 70s and 80s could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, uh, what like, ultimately would stand by the f- idea that I think those movies will be a better movie than the new one. It's also, like, I don't want to see, like, what... I don't want to watch Rambo kill a bunch of people in a Mexican village. Yeah, like that, that, they've been through enough. Yeah, the like, I, don't, I, don't need, I, don't need, I don't need that. And we're, like, just past, like... I, I, I thought she was murdered, but like she's probably gonna be tortured. The the the, the catalyst for this new Rambo's is granddaughter's is taking it, is it niece. niece I is think taking. Which, that's how you know she because he has no familial connections yeah. in any of these other movies. Yeah. Like, and it's like I don't want to watch like a woman be tortured, a woman be tortured so he can leap into action. It's, it's just like I are past all that. It's just like Rambo fights like the CIA or something. Yeah. Like why don't like have him fight in New York? Like, yeah. Rambo Rambo takes Manhattan. Where's that? <laughs> yeah, literally just go back to the original. That this is when after you have a an egregious misstep like the 08 version, which is like you know hostility ported, pointed in the wrong direction. Whereas the first couple tried to you know, punch up at the military industrial complex, they should return back to form and like, yeah, he can still live in a Mexican village and he's like defending the Mexican village yeah. from like a rabid vigilante Republicans who want to build a border. Or yeah. Something like that. This one kind of looks like the last samurai. If Tom Cruise were attacking the samurai. And honestly, like Stallone wrote, uh, Rambo Last Blood and I just don't trust old white dudes to like, give the nuance to these types yeah, of stories. Yeah, he did it. He <laughs> fucked it up 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, it's sad because you're watching it go from like, oh, Stallone was the man and like was kind of woke in these first three yeah. movies and then he did the opposite. Yeah. I mean, he's ba- he's basically kanye in the situation. Yeah. Like, not that it's different when you add the, you know, 40 years of success and being a white guy that Stallone <laughs> has but it's, you're watching somebody go like becoming the shitty thing that like yeah they said he, they he, he's a he's a crank now he's like just a <laughs> he's he, he's a get off my lawn guy now instead of right. a guy who w- was looking for his friend who died from Agent Orange cancer <laughs> exactly I, I thought maybe working with Kugler would have like tampered those impulses and it sounded like it did while he was like when you know Oscar so so white was um, really kicking off and and affecting how we talked about you know representation he was the only person nominated for Creed and that was like a huge uh, misstep from the Academy too like you recognize the one white person in this movie made by people of color yeah, yeah. and even he was like I talked to Ryan about this like I said I wasn't going to go and and if if he wasn't cool with it and Kugler even spoke out was like yeah he actually like wanted to talk to me about this because yeah. he felt bad and didn't know what to do and I was like no go, go support our movie that's fine I do um, got to say, at risk of undercutting everything you just said, yeah. and I agree with it, I do think he may actually be the best part of Creed. I think he's fucking amazing. Not, not part two. I, 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 saw, I, I easily could see that. I just haven't seen part no, two. No, you're, you're 100% right. He is incredible. I think he did deserve the nomination, but like just the optics of it was yes, terrible. Yes, yes. Yeah. Optics were terrible. Yeah, yeah. It was a shitty situation where the, it lined up with, like, I think he deserved it, and the optics fucking yeah, sucked. absolutely. Uh, so that is it for this week on Late Fees. Next month yeah we'll come back to you on the fourth 
I think I want to try and get a Joker thing in there in between. When does it hit theaters? It, it hits four. Four. It hits the so. day that the next episode comes out. So oh, we'll man. probably try and. Well, there'll be a lot of episodes in October. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're gonna be talking about this movie for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, but the on the fourth of October, we're gonna be talking <clears> about B level B movie horror movies. Let's get it. I know one of them is gonna be Death Spa. I gotta we gotta coordinate with what Pat. Is it? B level horror movies. Very low budget. Very bad. Like ridiculous, so bad ridiculous good. concept. Like I know what you did last summer. Type yes. <laughs> no. Even, well, even more a, like was, uh, yeah. like closer to like Piranha or yeah. like, like the, right. from the eighties, like right. Crocodile right. from the eighties. Actually, I, I love Fifty Crocodile. I know one of these movies I want is Death Spa. So let's just put yeah. that on the docket now. Yeah. We're gonna find Death Spa. We're all gonna watch yeah. it. And we'll, we'll probably send out links for some of these if some of them are harder to track yeah. down or rare. Wink, rarities. Wink. YouTube yeah. wink if they're yeah. up there. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna try and find out. Uh, what's really good with these and we're going to get right back at you in two weeks uh, but as always follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter and RNC Radio on Instagram make sure you definitely follow us on Instagram we have brand new content and everything coming up there uh, every single week we have a brand new episode of RAOP Gaming uh, with Amp and Eric with special guest Keith from Atlanta that episode is I, I do not condone a lot of things said on that episode <laughs> uh, this uh, this week we also had uh, the A-Show 100 which is uh released this week it's a very long episode I'm very proud to have done a show for 100 weeks straight that is insane that is, can you guys believe every single Wednesday night me and Meals we meet and we talk about wrestling and everything that's going on in, in this crazy business of ours and we're going to celebrate it on Thursday's episode of the A-Show it's crazy uh, we also have So Help Me God releasing this week or that released this week and we also have uh, what else we, we have, have Mount Silver yeah, Mount uh, Silver just came out, out. Uh, and an episode of The Lookout that feels like an episode of Mount Silver. Because you're on it, too. Because I'm on that, <laughs> and it's Pokemon-related. Uh, Nerds. And we also had a new, a new podcast premiere from our guy, Mark. Uh, it's called I Am Not a Genius. He's talking about all of the tech news, uh, all of the things that, that have to do with the <laughs> iPhone, iOS, all that stuff. is really informative, and Mark is a really informative dude. Love that podcast by him, so shout out to him. And also, RSBN comes back this week as well. So make sure you check us out. We're back in full swing for fall, baby. It's our, it's an RNC fall. Mark. What about I? What about Cammy? Yeah, we're supposed yeah. to record the uh, scheduling conflicts, but that podcast <laughs> is definitely coming soon, very soon. Okay, we very need the soon. cam. We need the cam rap debate uh, podcast. Hopefully, we get that this month as well. But we will, of course. Let you guys know with any brand new things coming up on RNC. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, the video store is closed. Cradle the balls. The government tried to ban me from the dark web. I downloaded Tor Browser, then got back in. When they got a VPN, just bought another bin. I'ma keep searching these bitches on my site till I can slide up in. This shit illegal, but it's green. I gotta get it in. I paid 5000 for my fit. I'm not fitting in. If the bitch got dirty shoes, she not getting in. Bro can't move around with no straps. His case is still on pin. You can call me anything. We're broke. That's something I never been. I'm about to take your bitch to somewhere she ain't never been. You need to stop claiming the hood that you ain't never in. Niggas love running off of money so I never leave. The hoes never ask you for no money cause you always spend. The hoes never ask you for no money you be bullshitting. You can ask your bitch about me I'm a bull in it. I just bought a piece with $50 and got the fools with it. I'm about to buy an SRT and do the fool in it. I'm trying to do 200 up the freeway I ain't got my permit. I just bought some op pack got a wood and burn it. feel like cheap Sosa I can spend this money cause I earned it. At first I ain't know how to swipe I took my time and learned it. Your bitch was throwing a pussy at me but I had to curve it. I made my first $10,000 
and took that and turned it One day my bitch got mad at me, took my clothes and burned them The government tried to ban me from the dark web I downloaded Tor Browser, then got back in When they got a VPN, just bought another bin I'ma keep searching these bitches on my site till I can slide them in This shit illegal, but it's green, I gotta get it in I paid 5000 for my fit, I'm not fitting in If the bitch got dirty shoes, she not getting in Bro can't move around with no straps, his case is still on pin I should've got a gold medal the way I shoot my gun See me on the scene while I'm shooting, you better duck and run. Slide no niggas and shooting houses, I do this shit for Every fun. Every time I get another death threat, I buy another gun. I'm still doing credit card fraud, I'm on the same run. I'll pop you on your mans with the same gun. My bitch keep telling Instagram we broke up, but we ain't done. You trying to copy everything I do, must wanna be my son.